0: I notice that a lot more now that I'm a parent. You know, I can't just sort of like wander in at two in the morning and lay around with a guitar on the floor. And, you know, it's just I have to sort of force myself to be more organized with creativity even.
1: I'm Vaughn Beaker. And this is Make It Small. My journey to make it as an indie musician in a blue collar, landlocked northern city and to find out what making it even means. I connect with people who can help and whose stories will inspire you. You can be part of the Make It Small community by joining our Facebook group, We Can Make It Small, or sending an audio message through the Anchor app on your phone. Today, I talk to Olivia Street, Communications Coordinator for Alberta Music and the band leader of King of Foxes.
0: Yeah, my name is Olivia Street. So uh, I play in a couple bands around town. Um, I front a band called King of Foxes, which is my original band. Um, As well, I also work as Communications Coordinator for Alberta Music. So that's the Nonprofit Industry Association of people working in the music industry in Alberta.
1: Yeah, so uh, one of the reasons why um, I'm kind of interested in both of those things, we might talk about both a little bit today if that's okay, Um, but the main thing I wanted to talk to you about was to do with your role at Alberta Music because um, I'm not sure... It's something I didn't know about at, uh, until a couple of years ago, and so maybe some people who are listening to this don't aren't members or don't know kind of what Alberta music is up to. And uh, maybe we should just start there. Can you give kind of a, an overview about uh, why, why would I give 45 of my hard-earned artist dollars to join <laughs> Alberta music?
0: Lots of great reasons um i'll tell you some of them, so um, for one thing, we have a couple couple different membership levels so yeah forty five dollars for an individual um, an entire band can join for a hundred bucks, uh, and we do have student memberships as well so if you're any in any kind of student program or post secondary it's only fifteen bucks a year um, yeah, that's
1: pretty awesome
0: yeah, pretty sweet deal um what that actually gets you though. Um, so we do like unlimited one-on-one consultations with members. So if you're working on any kind of project, let's say you want feedback on a grant application you're working on, um, you want to just come back, come in and talk about your music career, whatever stage you might be at. We're happy to meet with you at any time uh, during your membership, which is really great. Um, and offer constructive feedback on um, on things you might be working on. Um, not so much like from a musical standpoint, but in terms of, you know, if you're applying for funding or something, you're working on a marketing plan, stuff like that.
1: So we can't just come in and play you a riff and ask for your opinion on it?
0: Chances are, I'll say, you know, that rocks. But really, my opinion is <laughs> not so much about that. but <laughs> um, So we also do, um, we, we do some some grant administration as well. We don't actually give out grants per se. Um, but we work, for example, with um, Project Wild is a program put on by uh, Wild 95.3. Um, that's a huge one if you're in country, Americana, Roots, anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they give out a first prize of $100,000, second prize $75,000, third prize is fifty k. So lots of money uh, to win there um, yeah, and app- that's a big deal yeah applications for that are actually opening soon so keep an eye on the website and the facebook for that because uh, if you're in those genres you don't want to miss that mm-hmm. um some other things we do as well um we work with government bodies we work with other arts organizations and the other industry associations um especially the ones in the west um in terms of like breakout west we kind of get together with them on that and um yeah, just working together as well. Um, we put on various workshops and networking nights, seminars, uh, and your membership gets you into all of those for free too. So
1: Yeah, those have been pretty great. Actually, one of the <clears throat> pardon me, one of the past episodes of this podcast with uh Steve Durpak was just me recording my, my uh one on one with him. <laughs> that he we we talked about touring. We were talking about touring and festivals. You guys ah. were offering that last summer, I think
0: yeah that's right um so we often do like one-on-one consultations with various sort of experts in the Mm -hmm. field like on like on taxes so if you had any questions about doing taxes as a musician um you could get an hour-long session with an accountant for free and basically get all those answered Um, and then some of them are more like a workshop type scenario or what do you call it a seminar you know where we'll have speakers or a round table discussion so some of them are one-on-one some of them are group settings um but we try to cover all the topics that are important to the people working in music so really that's up to the members we we really rely on feedback you know what you guys want to hear us put on stuff about and we try to work towards that so this year we did one as well on uh like um all things radio so we had like a radio tracker come in someone from ckua cbc giving everyone tips on how to submit their music to radio what they want to see that kind of thing
1: yeah that one sounded awesome and we talked a little bit about that because i had registered and then i wasn't able to make it and then you sent me the audio recording which was awesome
0: yeah, we try to do that wherever we can, either get a video or an audio um, because most of our events, almost all of them, happen in either Edmonton or Calgary. But obviously, we have members province wide and we want to make sure they have access to those resources as well. Um, so, if we don't do an audio recording, we at the very least will take really good notes at a session and you can request, you know, a PDF copy of the notes. Um, we're also happy to share all the resources we have, like um, spreadsheets uh, that people have given. Um, for example, we've got a really great one on taxes if you want to start recording all your expenses an income, uh, we can send you that. Uh, We have one that uh, Liam gave us on uh, tour data. So collecting all your data when you're on a tour and using that to leverage yourself further down the road um, and potentially negotiating for higher payouts with promoters, that kind of thing.
1: Oh, that sounds cool. What, What kind of data would that include?
0: example like every time you play a show um, you should be keeping track of your merch per head rate so what that means is you know how many dollars were spent at your t-shirt stand and you know cd sales uh, versus how many people were in the room um and you know even a a good percentage is like five percent but um that kind of number helps you see what markets you know you're kind of getting stronger in um and you sort of keep track of everything to do uh with your with your tour stops so that later you know sometimes our memories fail us you're like oh was this a good city to go to or what happened here you want to keep really good records of everything so you you can um, have more successful tours in the
1: future too. I nice used to know kind of your, uh, so sometimes as an artist, uh, like I've been kind of pursuing my own career in earnest for just coming on a couple of years now, uh, which I'm learning is actually pretty short in the grand scheme of things because I think um, music is quite a long game I'm finding uh, if you want to go anywhere with it. But for you as an artist, like these are a lot of things that I don't, You know, I have so many questions, which is one of the reasons I'm doing this podcast, just to try and try and learn. Um, Did you did you kind of come to this kind of, uh, you know, all this spreadsheets and record keeping and we're going to get to some of the SOCAN stuff in a minute? Is this uh, kind of the administrivia side of being a musician and uh, knowing what you need to be doing and how to do it? Is that something that you kind of knew coming to this job or did you learn a whole bunch about about this stuff having from working with Alberta Music
0: I definitely learn on the job. And I've also learned through experience, you know, I I found sometimes you do things the wrong way, you know, the first time around, you learn from that, then you can go on to do it the right way. But uh, it would be really nice for a lot of people to maybe not have to go through like a failed album release before they learn how to do it the right way. So that's kind of how I look at it. Um, I've been playing, you know, since I was 17 years old. So I've been involved in various aspects of it for, for a while. Um but yeah like Alberta Music actually really helped me when uh, a few years back when I was sort of launching my first sort of more serious projects and I didn't really know what it was all about, um, but I went in and met with uh, Kirby, who was there at the time. Um, she's a great Edmonton figure who unfortunately has since passed away, but she was really instrumental in a lot of people's careers and a really larger than life personality at Alberta Music, too. And she was um, mm. really helpful to me in putting my first grant proposals together. Um, and then we actually ended up getting uh, one of the Rollco grants back then. So I really thank her mm. Alberta Music for sort of getting me started there.
1: Was that for your King of, uh, King of Foxes album?
0: Um, yeah, actually we were, um, my other band was successful in getting one of those too. So those were a really awesome program that unfortunately they don't have those anymore. That's often the way with the. Well, it is the way with the radio grants. It's part of their, uh, what's called the CRTC commitment. So when new radio right. start up, they have to sort of commit to give a certain dollar amount back to the musical community. Um, but then that sort of, you know, runs out. <laughs> so that's right. uh, you know, sort of the case with Pro, uh, Project Wild. We've got a few more years on that one before that one's done though.
1: Okay. Nice. So, um, yeah, so let's get to the SoCan stuff a little bit. Um, I want to talk a little bit about songwriting, uh, as well, because one of the things we've been doing in the, um, the Facebook group, we have a, uh, we can, we can make it small. It's called Facebook group with some Indies on there from the city that we've been chatting about different aspects of songwriting. But one of the kind of triggers for me getting in touch with you about this was the post that you put on Facebook a few days ago about doing uh, SoCan sweeps this week.
0: <laughs> That's so something I, I just started doing. Well, not for fun, but you know, for myself. Um, well, let me back up a little bit and explain. So, first of all, I hope all of your listeners, if they're songwriters of any kind, are registered on SoCan. I know you are, Dave, right? I am. Perfect. So SoCan is totally free. Uh, You just sign up on there um, and you can just, uh, you basically enter all of the original songs in your catalog into their system. Um, So they have a record of all the songs you've written. Um, And most people do realize that you can obviously get royalties when your material is played on the radio. And of course, that includes commercial radio, campus radio, CBC, all of that um, but what my post the other day was about, uh, a lot of people don't realize that there are actually live performance royalties too. Um, so you actually get paid for playing your own songs live at a gig, which is pretty cool.
1: Mm-hmm. It
0: feels like free money sometimes. <laughs>
1: but- yeah, I actually, I actually played a gig. Sorry to interrupt, but I just this just reminded me of a quick story. I actually played a gig several years ago when I was doing this much more casually, and someone uh, at a venue brought this up to me. And I had no idea what they were talking about. I was like, uh, no, I didn't do that. Uh, Because they were like, yeah, you can get money for playing these songs. I'm like, well, these are all my own songs. So, yeah, I think it's like, uh, when I first learned that, it was super surprising to me.
0: It's (laughs) mind-blowing. So, um, yeah, like it's, um, I, no one has ever said that the SoCan website is totally intuitive or easy to use. Um, but I put together like a little, <laughs> I,
1: I have on the record, I have also not ever said that.
0: <laughs> good, good to know. <laughs> you know, it does a lot of things great, but, um, for the first time user, it can be a little bit, you know, tricky to figure out. Um, they do have some, uh, instructional videos though. So if anyone wants to go to vimeo.com slash SoCan, uh, oh. They actually have a video of how to claim past performance royalties for concerts one to three years old. So that gives Ooh. you. An overview. Yeah, that's Vimeo dot com slash SoCan. And yes. uh, as well, I was going to mention, I'm happy to share my little cheat sheet of notes with anyone. So if anyone wants to email me at Olivia at Alberta dot org and ask for the SoCan tips and tricks, I'd be happy to send those as well.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. Um, so can you kind of explain a little bit, you're, you're just getting into kind of what this, what I've never heard the term soak, doing a socan can sweep before, but it has a nice ring to it. So, <laughs> that's
0: just my own term. I'm um, going through um, and they, they basically, there's a section for unidentified performances and uh, you can get, just kind of search by any province of um, someone somewhere along the way has reported that this concert happened, that you were on the bill, but, um, you know, they didn't know any more than that. They didn't know what your set list was, obviously. So it's just kind of sitting in the system waiting for you to add it in. Mm. So, um, yeah, as I was going through, I just like, I noticed, I start noticing a lot of, you know, friends' names on there. So I start tagging them in a Facebook post. And, you know, I do this from time to time and just remind people to either log in and claim them or for people that don't even know that this exists, it's a good point of entry to it.
1: Yeah, I thought that was such a, generous thing to do like kind of a kind of like a thankless superhero type of job
0: <laughs> well that's very kind but uh you know it's I'm as part of my Alberta music role I try to look for things like this where there are gaps in the knowledge maybe and fill it in so it's part of my job for sure although I do like my job
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm sure it must be it must be great um so just to just to parse I'll put this in my own context so I've played uh You know, a couple dozen shows last year and if I've entered any in, it's probably been one or two that I've entered in. So I have this whole backlog of shows that I have not gotten around to entering in and I so I should be going to the SoCAN website. I should be and I think to enter songs you have to they have to exist in the SoCAN database already. Is that right? So you have to actually add your material as original works first. Is that?
0: Yeah. So you start with adding them to your catalog. You make sure that they're all in there. Um, and then what you would be doing is going to SOCAN forms and notification of live performance. And you're putting in all the details from your show. If you routinely play kind of a similar set list over and over, you know, they're not looking for hundred percent accuracy, like, Oh, what order did I play the songs in? That's not so important. If you're playing mostly the same original songs at every gig, you can just you can just basically copy and paste the same set list over Mm -hmm. and over. Um, but yeah, from there you put all the info in about the venue, what the details were, Not every gig is eligible for this, I should mention. So um, there are some uh, rules around it. Like um, if it's a gig with cover, the people have to have paid $6 cover or more. um, Or you have a contract where you were being paid. Or it's a festival or similar, so you can't just you know play a show in your buddy's basement and report that to SOCAN. You won't get anything for that, um, because the venue has to pay royalties into SOCAN. That's kind of how it works.
1: Oh, okay, okay. So you have to—they have to have paid a cover, or if there's no cover, you—if there's no cover, but I've been paid, uh, like you have a contract right? To
0: play a show, that kind of thing, or a festival, something like that. Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah, that makes that makes perfect sense. And uh, yeah, is there any do you have any kind of estimate of what that what that what the payout on that looks like for an artist?
0: It really it depends. Um, I just have like one of my own examples here I have it in front of me, like I did a show last year where we opened uh, for a band at The Needle, and I Mm -hmm. got paid 17 bucks on that show, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it does kind of add up, you
1: know, if you were to that just, does sound like a lot, I will say.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes you're only getting paid like 100 bucks for a show. So getting an extra 17, you know, just because you played your own music from SoCan is actually, you know, quite a bit more, right? It does add up.
1: Totally, totally. That's that's more than I thought it would be. Because I think when you're thinking of uh, a lot of our payouts now are like Spotify stream royalties or things like that, where you're talking about like sometimes fractions of a penny, Right,
0: right. Whereas, you know, so can, um, for example, if your song gets played once on CBC, that's like a $30 payout, like on radio. So it kind of depends, you know, obviously it's less for campus or college, but uh, yeah, CBC is a good payout, 30 bucks for that one.
1: Wow. Interesting. So, okay. So I want to talk radio in a second, uh, while we're still on so can, but, um, so for, for this, uh, the performance royalty thing, uh, basically you just go in, you put, you put in your set list and then you wait for probably at least a quarter before you see any thing come back on that. Is that right?
0: That's right. Yeah. They pay them out quarterly, um, and you can have direct deposit set up. So, you know, the biggest payment I've ever gotten, and I'm not a huge artist at all, you know, it maybe like 75 bucks a quarter for kind of a few radio spins, some live performances, that kind of stuff. Other people can make way more. Um, yeah. it just depends how much you're getting spun if you're obviously in the commercial stream and on a rotation somewhere you'll get more um but you know anything is better than nothing for sure
1: yeah it certainly is uh awesome so okay so i have one question that came up from uh someone in our community forum or the the facebook group uh and i've heard this before i think but i'm not sure exactly what's at the heart of it but there was some concern about like like it might cause more hassle than it's worth as far as related to the venue or relationship with playing certain venues or things like that. The idea of, um, going through SoCan for all your shows, does that make any sense?
0: Um, well, most like legitimate venues are already required to pay into it. So if right. there's ever a venue where they have live music going on, if it's like a legitimate venue, I don't think that should be a problem because they are you know, required to pay into it.
1: Oh, um, right. So the idea is maybe the venue's not paying a SOCAN fee and then SOCAN would, would know that they're doing live music because of this reporting and then they would have to pay the SOCAN fee. Is that, that's probably what the... That could
0: be scenario. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I guess it was maybe like a tiny little venue that was actually just in your friend's garage or something. I don't know. Maybe there are situations where you wouldn't want to say, hey, SOCAN, there's live music happening here. Right, But right. in most, um, you know, venues expect this because it's part of the cost of doing business.
1: Yeah, Okay. Interesting. So um, the one question I had about radio before we kind of leave SOCAN land is uh, how does that reporting work? Because there's not a self-reporting form for that. Is that right?
0: Um, Yeah, you don't self-report radio, but radio stations uh, report.
1: And, And they report, I remember hearing something about it being like a sampling or something, or do they actually report their whole kind of playlists?
0: It sort of depends on the station. It's not everything all the time. To sort of, um, in a nutshell, for example, like with college radio stations, they have a few weeks in a year where they do what's called an audit week. Mm. Um, And that'll be like, you know, a a short period where they're reporting every single song that they play and those artists get paid out. So it is possible that sometimes you're played on the radio, um, but you don't actually get paid for it because your song didn't happen during these audit periods.
1: Right, right. Mm. So, so you, so you got to put your ear to the ground and only release your music right before an audit period.
0: <laughs> if you have a buddy that works at a radio, at a radio station, ask him, Hey, when is your audit week? Play my song a lot during that yeah, week. You know?
1: Perfect. perfect. You <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, sweet. Okay. So uh, is there anything else you wanted to add from kind of an Alberta music perspective? Cause I want to talk to you a little bit as a musician uh, as well, before I let you go.
0: Yeah. I mean, I just, you know, with a, a soft sell here, I would highly encourage people to you look can, into you it. You
1: can hard sell. You go right ahead.
0: <laughs> oh, that's not really my jam, but uh, <laughs> I think it's really worth it. Like I've been a member, you know, and now I work there and I see, the sorts of stuff, um, the information and the the support that's available to you. And, um, it's all there. So I think it definitely pays for itself. Um, like just recently too, like we've been trying to sort of build out our member benefits too. So we have, um, members actually get like discounts now on vinyl pressing and CD pressing. So if you're planning on releasing an album, um, you know, the membership will more than pay for itself if you're accessing those discounts too. So we're doing our best to make it really worth people's while, you know, we're a nonprofit, but there's, you know, a lot of support we want to give there. So.
1: Yeah, I was kind of going through your website and I noticed there's a whole bunch of a whole bunch of these kind of benefits listed at Alberta albertamusic.org slash membership, of course.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that's the page uh, for sign up there. And I actually, I'm just building out like a better website page right now of all the different benefits you can have. But just off the top of my head, some of them are like Precision Disc. We've got uh, Moonshot moon, moon phonographs, yep. uh, Pressing records. Edmonton, Red Arrow, you get discounts on travel. Oh, cool. Um, and there's yoga stuff as well. Yeah. So we're trying to build that up all the time. Um, sweet.
1: Yeah. yeah and I think, I mean, um, I can just speak from my experience too. Like it's been super valuable. Uh, I've definitely learned a lot. I think if, I mean, I know there's so many things that we pay for as, as musicians and some of them we see a return on some of them we don't. Um, but if you can't, Put forty five dollars or even fifteen dollars as a student or whatever the rate is, a year towards your your career. Then it's then you're maybe not at the point where you're wanting what those benefits would be. Anyways, like you're not taking right.
0: it are some people that you know if you're just wanting to jam in your basement and you're not looking to turn your music into a career or a business then that's fine I mean there's no pressure to join I think the idea with Alberta Music um, it used to be membership used to be sort of for people earning the majority of their income in the music business mm-hmm. but a few years ago, it opened that up to be more um, for people that are just wanting to do that because Wait. it's almost like be more helpful to people that um, aren't at the most professional stage of their career yet. We want to help you kind of get off that springboard and get to that point. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. And I, and I found it super helpful. Um, It's definitely more than paid for itself for me. I mean, just that one, one one-on-one session I had uh, with Steve Durpak about touring and festivals, you know, that would, that paid for the membership right there. But I think when you're, when you're, one of the things I've been, learning over the last couple of years is doing music of any sense it's so much about relationships right
0: 100 yeah yeah and, and
1: an organization like alberta music is a pretty pretty awesome place to to start a lot of those relationships
0: well it, yeah it's a really great sort of um way to just meet people that are in pockets of the industry that you might not even have known about um, so to use an example, recently the download session we did uh, on music licensing and sync, uh, we brought in some people uh, working in music licensing from Toronto, from Vancouver, flew them in. Um, these ladies gave a talk about everything there is to know about music licensing, and then you know you have a chance to meet them afterwards and meet them face to face and give them a business card and follow up with an email next week and send them your stuff. So yeah. you had like a chance to like get some face to face time with people that can really help your career. Yeah,
1: well, if I'm being honest, that was the main reason I really wanted to be a that radio one was just to say, Hey, this, this is, this is who I am. This is what I look like. This is, you know, so that when I send you an email in six months, there's a reference point, right?
0: Totally. And I feel like people are way more likely to respond to an email if they've met you in person or it's been like, Hey, like I met you at this Alberta music event. It's like, Oh, okay. You know, they, they know who you are. They know where you're coming from. And it sort of speaks to your uh, goals of professionalism a little bit too, I think.
1: Yeah. Cool. So, okay. So we're going to put Albert music aside and for the last five minutes or so, I just want to talk to you as, as uh, Olivia Street, the musician. Is that all right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, good. Um, so one question that I often ask is like, if there's a, a musician that people haven't um, heard in town that you would, you would recommend, uh, but, but because you're a musician yourself, I, I'm just going to give you, I'm going to give you an out there and, and we'll, we'll, put some stuff of yours up for people to listen to. You'll be, you'll be, you can recommend yourself is what I'm saying.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, there are tons of people worth recommending. I, uh, I'm super into the local scene. Uh, recently, my partner, Brandon, and I, we, uh, we started this project that ended up just like taking over our lives for a little while. We put together a Spotify Spotify playlist of every single band in Edmonton that has a Spotify account. Ooh. We kind of wanted to like do more than just like, you know, the best of it. We call it the best of Edmonton, um, but it, we tried to find the best song of every artist. Um, so that was a super exciting project. And I think there's like 400 songs or something on there now, just one from each person. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's flabbergasting to see how much talent there is, you know, even in this one city, like there isn't a bad song on the list really. So that's worth checking out. You can find that on Spotify, Best of Edmonton. Oh, that's
1: amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've, I've, I've tried that a little bit too. And like, it's, I know how daunting of a task that is to go and try and find all those Spotify accounts. And so kudos. <laughs>
0: To make it really easy, you know, if like a promoter is putting on a show maybe with a touring band and they don't really know the scene, it's like what's a really convenient way of like getting a little taste of everybody and like finding out who's right for you. So I encourage everyone to make playlists like that, you know, not just uh ours, but um whatever you're into, because it's a super great way to connect with other musicians and maybe like find some musical styles that are a little bit outside of your normal wheelhouse, which uh you know, sometimes we kind of get stuck in our rut of like the five bands we know, and they're all our buddies or whatever, but uh, it's kind of nice to look beyond that sometimes.
1: So I want to, I want to ask you about songwriting, because that's one of the things we've been talking about. Uh, and it kind of leads into, you know, the SOCAN is, is a piece of that, how we kind of make money off of these little compositions that we put together. But we've just been talking in the Facebook group a little bit about songwriting in general. So I'm going to throw you the same question I threw to the group. Um, what kind of what's your do you have kind of a regular way that you approach songwriting um, are you like a lyrics first person a music first person hit it when the inspiration strikes or do you have more of a routine when you sit down to write how does it work for you
0: I wish I had a routine i I know you feel my pain like in terms of being a, a family person <laughs> who's also and yes. I have a young child and I know you do too and it makes it tough yeah. like I I find like I have to sort of schedule myself in times to, okay, I'm going to be creative for an hour now, even though I don't always feel like it. Because um, I find-
1: Yeah. Cause if you don't, you are the, you always lose that game.
0: <laughs> I mean, this applies to everybody, not just people with kids, but I just, I notice that a lot more now that I'm a parent, you know, I can't just sort of like wander in at two in the morning and lay around with a guitar on the floor. And, you know, it's just I have to sort of force myself to be more organized with creativity even But when I do do it, I I feel like I sort of get like a a little hook that just kind of travels in on the wind and I'm like, oh, neat. And I sort of like, what are the words that kind of uh, come to me when I start humming that, you know, and I sort of come up with maybe a phrase and then it sort of like spreads outwards. And I don't really usually figure out what the song's about until I sort of fleshed it out. And then I'm like, okay, this is what I'm talking about. It's sort of an intuitive process where. I feel like the truth exists already, like somewhere outside your perception. You're just kind of feeling it out and putting it together.
1: Mm, that's a great. That's actually probably the closest to my process I've any heard anybody articulate. I think that's pretty much exactly how uh, it works for me, unless I force it, which. I do try and do sometimes and some usually doesn't work. Well,
0: I really wish I could be like Stevie Wonder, like his process apparently was, you know, he would just write a song every single day. Like he would sit down and he's got to write something. And I imagine most, most days it was maybe not great, although he's Stevie Wonder. So it probably was still,
1: (laughs) it was pretty great. You
0: know, just imagine that, like, I think if you had the time, that would just be a fantastic way. Like in a year you'd have, you know, 300 plus songs. You could pick the best 10 to make your album. That would be incredible.
1: Yeah, crazy, right?
0: <laughs> if only we had that kind of time, but who does?
1: So you're, you're talking about routine and how you'd like to, how you need to schedule in kind of blocks of time. Have you experimented with that at all? Do you do you have do you have little blocks of time that you carve out for yourself, or what does that look for you right now?
0: Well, I just. Released uh, Golden Armor was our first kind of full length album with King of Foxes. And that was released right about the same time I released my baby. So <laughs> we had a mm-hmm. lot of big releases that year. And um, from there, I just found like for about a year and a half, I just was so I didn't feel like doing anything. And I sort of was beating myself up about it. And I'm like, why don't I feel like being creative? Um, but I just sort of had to give myself the time to get back into it. Um, but how I did that in the end, I was like, okay, I'm just going to book studio time. In like a couple months from now, I'm going to say, Hey Stu Kirkwood, like I'm gonna record an album here. And I didn't even have the songs yet, but I knew that if I had a deadline, like I would force me to do it. And uh oh. if it's a tight timeline, like you know that you just have to sit down and do it. So if that works for me. It may not work for everybody.
1: That's kind of brilliant though. <laughs> and a little scary.
0: Well, it's like work will ex- always expand to fill the time available. So you can either say, well, you know, I'm going to put an album together once these songs just kind of come to me of, of their own accord. Or you can be like, okay, like I, this is my job now. This is the timeline I have and my job is to get it done. So.
1: Mm. What's, what's the biggest struggle you have when you're writing music?
0: Um, I suppose I feel like, and this is just my own perception, but as an instrumentalist, I am, uh, not as good as my imagination is <laughs> so i can mm-hmm. sort of like hear things in my mind that i'd like to do but i didn't go to school for music or anything i did do classical violin for like 15 years um and then i sort of transferred over to the guitar but i don't have like a, a background with training on that so it, sometimes it maybe takes me like a little bit longer than it does someone who maybe went to jazz school and knows a million inversions of chords and stuff um so that can be a stumbling block for me but um yeah
1: <laughs> yeah no i get that totally Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time.
0: Perfect timing. I have meatballs in the oven and they're ready now. So thanks so much for having me on the Dave. I really appreciate it. It was nice yeah. to be you.
1: Thanks for listening. If you're on the Anchor app, don't forget to send an audio message to get featured in a future episode. Please join us on our Facebook group, just search for "We Can Make It Small." You can find and share past episodes and subscription links at Anchor.fm/slash Make It Small, or search for "Make It Small" on Apple Podcasts and soon Spotify Podcasts too. My music lives at vonbieker.com. That's V-O-N-B-I-E-K-E-R.com. I'd love to send you an email with stories and inspiration each week. Now get out there and make it small. Still here. Oh, good. Olivia Street shared a King of Foxes song with us. Here it is. This is You Want More from King of Foxes from their album, Golden Armor.